You're listening to Europe Calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. All the news from Spain and the UK. Things you might have missed. So, a very good day. Welcome everybody to our podcast for the 7th of July. Our weather has been as hot as you'd expect, I suppose, in July. Uh, Certainly the last couple of weeks, it it has been building again. So I'll quickly get across the mountain range and uh, fictionally speaking, we'll drive down to Alfaz del P. Hopefully Terry will be there. Terry, a very good day. Welcome to you. And uh, what's your weather like down there? Good afternoon, Vince. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's hot, uh, nice breeze at the minute. I'm very thankful to say, but uh, it's certainly starting to warm up a bit. Yeah. Uh, well, we had this problem early on. Uh, I think it's a heck of a lot better now, which is good. So, without any further ado, um, I won't start the way we started when I did have that technological difference. So, mm-hmm. stand by. Okay, so we are talking about a listeria outbreak which occurred in Spain in September 2019, leading to more than 220 cases and at least three deaths. And it's being revisited in courts in Sevilla this week. The outbreak was reported in late August 2019 to the World Health Organization via the International Food Safety Authorities Network, InfoSan, Seven defendants are being tried for offences which include alleged crimes against public health and injury to a fetus resulting in an abortion. And and this was as reported by foodsafetynews.com. If convicted of civil liability, a civil counsel will have to pay compensation. So, first of all, uh, before I give you a bit more detail, do you remember this particular event? Uh... Possibly. Uh, there were, I'm just trying to pick up which that is, because there, there are a number of uh, cases, but that's quite recent, that one is. So I'm not too sure I know what that one's about. OK, well, it was the outbreak... Remind me and I'll... Yeah, uh, the outbreak resulted from La Mecha uh, brand chilled roasted pork produced by Sevilla-based food company Magridis. As well as the deaths, the Listeria outbreak caused six abortions, also had to be carried out. Uh, the de- defendants on trial include married couple Jose Antonio Marine Ponce, administrator of Magrudis, Encarnacion, Rodriguez Jimenez in charge of the company's production and self-control system, as well as their children, Sandro Jose and Maria Marin Rodriguez. The charges against those tried are concerned with their poor performance in a public service role. The company, let me just uh, move this down for a little bit more. Um, the company administrators um, and accomplices have been criticised for not collecting enough product samples, not ch- checking or collecting samples of the interior environment to ensure that the production factory met the necessary hygiene conditions. Magrudis Food Company had been investigated as part of Operation Monarchy by the Civil Guard with the help of Europol. Um, I'm going to be very honest and say I don't remember this at all, which is why I wondered whether or not you did. Um, Is it something that you can relate to at all? 
No, because there, there are a number of famous ones, but one was going back quite a way, where a, a, a load of um, manufactured olive oil, in inverted commas, was put out on the market. Basically, it was engineering oil. Uh, and that killed an awful lot of people and gave uh, permanent disabilities to to thousands. Uh, and I'm trying to think back what the hell happened about that. I know it was a hell of a hoo but uh, I'm not too sure who was brought to book and for what in that particular case. But that was the worst one that I could think of. Um, but this one, no, I don't remember this one. Yeah. OK, well, look, all we can say is at this time of the year, everything gets roasting hot. If um, anybody has got anything that maybe has not been investigated properly, I mean, I've got a friend at the moment who's suffering really badly, rushed into hospital uh, exactly because um, he's been eating probably some meat that shouldn't have been eaten. Um, it's all very well sort of um, using using them for kebabs or maybe curry or something like that. But, I mean, they, they can often yeah. be uh, sort of concealing a whole load of problems, can't they? It's, a, it's a very careful this time of year. Um, it, it's really weird. Obviously, place is very busy now, so it's it's unlikely, from, for for one reason, uh, that there would be uh, spoiled food around. But only if it was left out, obviously, in the in high in high temperatures. If something's left out of the fridge that shouldn't have been, then that's that, obviously that can happen. Uh, generally, doesn't because food gets turned over very quickly certainly in the resort areas uh, this time of year, it's the winter time, funny enough, Vince, that I'm very careful where I go and eat out. Uh, I'll only eat out in the winter time uh, where it's busy. In other words, where they are turning the food over. I'm going to a restaurant, it looks nice, and I'll go, and I'll go in there and there's nobody in. I'm going to be very, uh, very worried in, uh, over what possible type of food I'm actually going to get. Um, but yeah, obviously with this heat, one has to be really, really careful, and certainly with pork yeah. uh, products, uh, they're highly susceptible to uh, to spoiling and and spoiling somebody's holiday. Um, I remember I was seriously ill. God, I was really ill. Come on, going back a bit now, then. So I'm going back to about 1975, I think six. That was that was in August in Spain. I was in Benidorm. Um, mm. I remember we went to a Chinese restaurant the night before. Uh, and I always remember, I have this dish called Happy Family. I didn't know what it was. I thought, I'll oh, have that. that. Sounds good. I might as well try that. And I realise now what Happy Family is. I think Happy Family is where all the food that I've got left over goes into the pot, cooked up and shoved on your plate. It makes the, makes the Chinese firm, the Chinese restaurant happen. But it, 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 I was ill for about six, eight weeks. I really, really struggled to shit. And in the heat of the well as well. Uh, and we had no air conditioning those days. Uh, in August, and I was right in the middle of the old town of Benidorm, but there's just no air, you know. Yeah. I was seriously, seriously close to death, I'd imagine, at one or two points. Mm. I know uh, 2002, I think it was, we were coming and going still. Um, no, it'd be 2000. And uh, I went to eat something in Finistrat the day before we were travelling back. And mm. um, I was flat on my back uh, for the next three months, practically. And ba yeah. basically, when I went back to Newquay, to the health centre there, they said that if um, if this had been happening, you'd eaten somewhere in the town, uh, they would have been closed down. So, yeah, it's, it's bad. And uh, obviously, uh, what, what, advice, what advice can we give to people who might be eating out at this time of the year? Is, is there anything yeah. that people need to do? Not really, bitch. Not really. Um, I, 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 I'm a bit, it's, it's 
less likely for the reasons I gave that you're going to get a problem this time of year. If it doesn't taste right, spit it out. Yeah. Don't, don't try and you know work your way through it. You know what you should be tasting, right? Yeah. If it doesn't taste right, I mean something's off. It's not always, but when it's when it's off, there's a there's a different tang to the flavour. Just spit it out. Don't yeah. worry about it. You know, send it back to the kitchen. Just say I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, but of course, you don't always. You know, if it's slightly off, you won't always. Uh, you won't always know. But I think it's part part for the course wherever yeah. you go. With it, I think this is it's standard procedure where. where Anybody British goes abroad, no matter where you go, the the, the Delhi belly, as it's called, yeah. will always attack you. You know, I remember a friend of mine goes to India regularly. He, he really enjoys it, but he, he spends days on uh, sat on the toilet sometimes because of the obviously the change of the, in the water, I suppose as well. The hygiene is not quite the same. He's not quite as tough as us old bogus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's find out what else is happening then in Spain as we go to um, our next one. So we're looking next at a controversial transgender rights bill ready to be sent to the Parliament. And it brings some big changes. Spain's government advanced a transgender rights bill this week to present to Parliament this summer, allowing anyone over 16 to easily change gender on their ID documents. The move comes on the eve of International Pride Day, uh, or at least it came then, and if adopted, the legislation will make Spain one of the few countries in Europe to permit gender self-determination. We have approved the second reading of the Transgender Rights Bill, which will now be brought to Parliament before the summer. This is the Equality Minister, Irene Montero, after the Cabinet approved the bill. We are once again at the forefront and an international reference in defence of LGBT I rights and in particular in defense of the rights of transgender people, she said. I'm just moving this down a little bit um, to stop categorizing trans related conditions as mental and behavioral disorders. First approved a year ago, the proposed law means any Spaniard over 16 will be able to apply to change the sex of their entry in the civil registry office. They will also be able to change their given name. The bill effectively simplifies the procedure for changing gender on official identity documents, allowing the applicant to request the change on the basis of a simple statement. It drops the requirements for a medical report, attesting to gender dysphoria or proof of hormonal treatment. Under the new law, the re-registration procedure must be completed within a maximum of four months, she said. All right, so it looks like it's just copying uh, the United States and the UK where basically this sort of stuff has suddenly shot itself into the eminence that um, it now becomes far more uh, important than what's happening to the mass of people on the planet. Terry, what do you feel about this one? It's a recipe, recipe for disaster, Vince. This is, I mean, it is absolutely, listen, how many times are we going to go over this now? I feel very sorry for people who have been born in a body that isn't theirs, in this respect that they're born into a female body, but they feel that they are a male and vice versa. I'm very sad about that. But I consider it a handicap. I don't consider that all handicapped people have to take to the streets with banners and have to have things slapped on their, their passports, you know, where they're demanding they have a status on their passports or uh, demanding they have different toilets, demanding they have different facilities. It's outrageous. It's unnecessary. That's why. It's completely 
and totally unnecessary. If you are born with that condition, then obviously you've been dealt a bad card. You get on with it. It's not necessary to suddenly give yourself one of 100 genders, apparently, that you can call yourself. Uh, and then, and then for, for, for officialdom to, to try and wade their way through what that means uh, to them and to you. Uh, as um, I mean, what if my wife suddenly decides that she's a bloke? So what does mean? I'm, I'm, does that mean I'm gay then? I mean, what does that mean? Is she going to change her passport and all her details at the Spanish tax office saying that she's a fella? How does that affect me? It's, 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 it's ludicrous, Vince. It's absolutely ludicrous. And by my words, I predict the whole lot is going to end into complete disaster. It could be, it's a complete recipe for disaster. The whole idea of it. If well, you're handicapped in that way, that's it. Get on with it. I'm sure you can get help one way or the other, but you don't have to have your own marches and prides and banners and, and labels and I'm called they. Don't call me he or she. I'm they or or whatever pronoun you want to choose, it's absolute rubbish. Well, I, I must admit, you see, I, I can't disagree with you because I feel the uh, the only way that I can understand it going on the way it's going on is what I've said for many weeks. I think that somewhere lurking behind this is mischief making by the communists. And I think that the reason why I say that is because if they say that the only way to defeat capitalism is to defeat the family, well, this is certainly defeating the family because the family values are going out of the window left, right and centre. Um, it's unnecessary, Vince. It's never... It was... Let's go the other side of the coin. It was disgusting that until recently... Until is it the seventies, where it was illegal to be homosexual, but obviously that only ever applied to blokes because women were never caught out. Uh, you know, you could end up with a prison sentence for being homosexual. But, I mean, that that is ludicrous, obviously, but, and that's obviously changed in, in most countries. Some places you still get your head chopped off, but uh, most uh, countries, it, obviously, it's changed for the good. But you don't have to take it further than that, for God's sake, and I'm sure. Most of my gay friends would be in, ag in agreement with me. It just seems there's an awful lot of wannabes in this world who want to be this and want to be that because they can't hack it in the real world. And I, I'm just, I'm just think it's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. It's even more disgraceful. The governments are actually giving time to this. Uh, it's ludicrous. What am I supposed to do now with my workforce? You well, know, if somebody, one of my lads, turns up tomorrow and says, "I consider I'm a woman." Have I now got to do complete separate facilities for him on the building site? I've got to get another uh, uh, toilet, have I, put on the building site for him? Is that what it's about? Ha I don't think so. Have you been following this in a political sense, in what, you know, who's actually behind this in the Spanish? No. Because, no. you know, it sounds very, very far left to me. And if if, if we then look at what we did talk a little Divide bit... Divide and conquer, Vince, isn't it? Well, yeah, but also if, if you talk a little bit about what we were saying before we started getting a few technical hitches and we changed the systems a little bit, um, the fact that uh, the FBI uh, and MI5 are now realising that there's a huge threat from the, the uh, Chinese Communist Party, um, I mean, realistically, uh, this is where you'd expect that sort of stuff to be coming from if you've read the same sort of things that I've been reading. And unfortunately, I'm going to take this a stage further because I can add in another story, which is uh, headline, Transgender Lives Matter. 
A court in the northwestern region of Galicia earlier this month approved a gender change request from a nine-year-old who wanted to be identified as a male instead of female on identity documents. The child already has a boy's name and has, for years, thought, behaved and felt like a boy. The court said in a ruling dated June the 10th, which was made public on Monday, the draft bill approved by Cabinet on Monday allows those as young as 12. I mean, when we look at kids and Mm. what they're like at 12, okay, you will get an exceptional one that uh, shows you that they are a little bit different, but... um, uh, but only under certain conditions, the same, between the ages of 14 and 16. Well, OK, uh, we've now suddenly jumped four years or certainly uh, two to four years. The procedure will require parental authorization between the ages of 12 and 14. The, pr- the procedure can be carried out through voluntary legal proceedings, Montero said. And it will also mean trans children under 12 will be able to change their name on their ID card without saying how such a procedure would would work. We want to send a very clear message and forceful that transgender lives matter. Uh, The bill also includes a new section on transgender migrants who will have the right to change their gender on documents issued in Spain if they're not guaranteed their rights as transgender people in their country of origin. What on earth are we getting involved in that for? Or should I say is Spain... Well, the the problem that's going to come... There are, I mean... There are different rights for men and women, certainly in this country. And it might be beneficial for somebody to think, well, hang on, I can, I can, get, I can make a few bob out of this. Uh, I can make more money or I can get more benefits if I uh, uh, consider myself a woman instead of a bloke and go down that road. It's going to happen. Uh, people will say that I will obviously be a minority, and I will agree with that. But it's still going to happen. And, and the tail is wagging the dog. And the smaller the, the smaller the group that, that are causing the protest, they're the ones that get listened to more. And another door opens and another label uh, gets attached. And I, I read somewhere that a child will accept its gender at the age of three. Um, but how many times... I mean, I've seen boys that are dressed up as girls, you know, got long hair and wearing sort of feminist things and encouraged to play with a doll. Uh, and because you are going to get mothers or families parents that will try and I always wanted a daughter and they've ended up with, with two lads or three, four lads and try and make one of them a daughter. That, that has happened in the past. Uh, so it's quite possible you can start doing this, but the change happens in the womb. So it's not that person's fault. The change happens in the womb. They're, they're, they're physically, I mean, we all become mentally a, 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 a male or female within the womb. At the same time, your body's created. And it's quite possible that somebody got something wrong somewhere and, and you're, a, you're a female but you come out with the man's body. I fully accept that. I fully accept that. Okay, but where do we go, uh, with, where do we go with this? Supposing somebody has uh, suddenly decided they want to be uh, maybe an orangutan. I mean, do we suddenly have a protest yeah. group and do we start, you know, going on marches until such times as that becomes a, a, a possibility? I mean, Well, we will do, yeah. I'll just have to have an extra cage put on my building site. It's, it's, I mean, I've, I've got a lad been working for me for a, for a few weeks now. He's born with one arm. I took him on because his, his, his father told me, you know, he couldn't get any work. Uh, and having taken him on, he, he can. He, he's, he's, he's just, he's, all he's got is, he's got an elbow. That's it, isn't it? He's got no forearm or, or hand. But he's, he's, he 
can't do everything, obviously, but he makes a bloody good effort. And I'm amazed at what he can do. I really am amazed at what he can do. But he hasn't got a, he's not going down the street demanding this and demanding that and, and demanding something on his, on, his, on his ID to say that he's whatever. Uh, and he's different. He's, he's desperate to be <clears throat> an equal. He's not desperate to be different. And this is where I, I draw the line in, in the cases we're talking about with gender. There are so many people who are desperate to be different. When basically, just get on with your life and enjoy it. We all accept the fact that there's, there's, there, there, there's homosexual people or people born in, in the wrong body. We, but we do not have to have all this pronoun crap, call me they or, or them, or, 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 you know, I must have a separate toilet uh, today because tomorrow I might want another one. I might be a bloke tomorrow. It depends how gender fluid I actually feel. This is crap. Let's just cut to the basics. I'm sorry, if you're born in the wrong body, you're handicapped. Okay, how, how many of these do you think and how much is the responsibility of the likes of pop artists? Because I see an awful lot of blame coming from people like Boy George, for example, in the UK uh, and others who feel that they can really just totally do anything they want and everybody has to change to suit them. Um, I mean, the, the media has got to be a huge part of this and certainly I think the pop culture has, an, has another big role that's being played. Um, your thoughts on that? Oh, I think there's a disproportionate amount of uh, uh, gender fluidity, shall we say, in the arts. I think it's perhaps a, a, a natural um, calling to people... Um, uh, who feel that their, their 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 biological sex and their gender identity are are, are different? Uh, there are, I mean, you mentioned Paul Georgie or George George Michael. There, there, there are quite there's, there's, and actors as well. There's quite a few. I'll go as far as to say there's a disproportionate higher percentage in the arts um, who who are perhaps in the wrong body or what we would normally call homosexual. But you know, you don't have to be homosexual to be to be in the wrong body, do you? No, but it's it, it's 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 just it's just let's just accept it. I haven't got a problem with it. I don't want it rammed down my throat that they're a special case. No, you're not. You're no no more disabled than I am, and, and they are disabled. And I am disabled, <laughs> so I, I don't I, I don't look for a, a special uh, any treatment for myself. I just get on with life. I've been dealt with a bad card, and I get on with it. I do what I can, and I always have done, and I always will. But it's again, it's 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 demand. It's the people demanding that society cure their ails and and, uh, uh, and whatever problem they've got, be it, be it medical or economical. It's insisting that society, the governments of the world, have to change this. I mean, the UK is rife with it uh, across the board. That whatever whatever thing life has dealt you a bad card, then you demand that the government sort it out for you. Get off your backside and sort it yourself, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, mate. Perhaps I'm a bit too old school. Uh, I think I certainly am. Let's move on. Okay, here we go. Okay, here in Spain, the Department of uh, Transport has announced that it has introduced 34 camouflaged mo motorcycles to its fleet as part of the Operation Exit, which will be working to reduce the number of uh, traffic accidents as we head into the summer holidays. 
A statement by the DGT on July the 1st said that the action has been taken to verify that people drive in a responsible manner. They add that the motorcycles will only be used in those areas with the highest accident rates. These camouflaged motorcycles will only be in operation on weekends throughout the summer months as part of a pilot project. The DGT officers will not be able to issue fines, but they will provide details of the infringement to the nearest police patrol, who will then issue the sanction. Additional measures that will be used during the summer include 780 fixed radars, 92 section there, um, 545 mobile radars, 12 helicopters, 245 mobile and belt control cameras, 39 drones, 29 of which are capable of sanctioning. So this is quite heavy stuff here. Um, the DGT has reminded motorists that the actions are being taken for one simple reason only, and that is to make Spain's roads safer for those who use them. They go on to repeat previous requests for drivers to do so with caution and to adhere to the rules of the road, and in doing so, they've issued some basic tips which will help you arrive at your destination uh, safely. There's no rush. Respect the established speed. Keep a safe distance from the vehicle in front. If you drink, don't drive or let someone else drive. Wear your seatbelt properly and keep minors in your child restraint system. Stop at least every two hours on long journeys. A common practice in other parts of the world, the use of camouflaged motorcycles is a first for the DGT, a practice not everyone will agree with, but which they see as key to reducing the accident rate and death toll on Spanish roads. I think we all agreed that, um, you know, there are far too many people who, I don't know, I think they're trying to see if they can break the land speed record here in Spain on the uh, mm. the auto. Uh, but, I mean, really, uh, do we need camouflaged motorcycles, do you think? Sadly, yeah. Um, what do we all do with the motor? I'm on the motorway every day. What do we all do with the motorway? You always know that there's a police car up front somewhere because everyone's driving slow. Yeah. in the jam so we're all doing that and then uh you can't uh, the, the speed limit is 120 kilometers an hour <clears throat> they've changed the ruling now you cannot do 121 to get past the car you used to be able to uh, i think it was 20 percent. you could accelerate past the vehicle and then return back to the safe speed limit you can't do that anymore it's uh, 121 kilometers an hour and you're breaking the limit um so I can understand that, uh, and logically it's the best way. If you're out there to catch people, or you're out there to prevent accidents. Now, I'd rather go with the former, because the Guardia Seville, for, for many, many, many years, whenever I'm driving at night, I always knew there was a Guardia Seville vehicle in front of me because he had his lights on. He may even have his uh, his flashing lights on, you know, yeah. put it that way. Yeah. His, his Guardia Seville sign will be lit up, and he may even be flashing his lights. It's to advise that. Those racing up behind them in the dark, there's a couple in front. Uh, so we all diligently uh, reduce the speeds and that, and then you get past it. Um, but no, no the, the, the days of speeding now are over. I don't, uh, I must admit, I'd have been guilty of it in the past, but certainly not now. I get on the motorway, I shove the speed control on about 118 kilometres, just keep it below the run trainer, and sit there. Um, it, it, there's no point in, 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 in speeding. I think I told you before, I once, I once tried it. I was, I was in Valencia, and uh, it was about one o'clock in the morning. I was leaving the meeting, and to get back, on, I jumped through Valencia, jumped on the motorway, and I belted it down this motorway. I really, I really legged it. 
give it some stick, in other words, fast. Uh, and it was safe. There was no bugger on the motorway. It was pretty safe. And when I got home, and the motorway journey is 90% of my journey, uh, and it was an hour and a half trip. And when I got home, I was less than 10 minutes earlier than I would have been. So what the hell is the point? Yeah. You know, exactly. So now, nowadays, if it's if it's busy on the motorway, I'll, I'll stick the the, uh, the uh, cruise control at 115 and let everybody else pass you. Yeah. Um, but you do, I must admit, I'm, there's an awful lot of traffic on the motorways at the minute, on all the roads. And, I, and what I've seen the last few days, it is certainly uh, foreigners are hurtling past me at the rate of knots with their powered-up vehicle, vehicles thinking they're on a German autobahn where there is no speed limit. Uh, it's mainly foreigners that are causing the problem at the minute. And, of course, you've always got the white van driver. But they're all over the world. OK, Terry, let's move on then. I don't disagree with what you think. OK, reminder, of course, that we're looking at um, items in the news which might be going under the radar. This one is quite interesting. Eating is a vital necessity. Ordering food delivery, an invention of the modern human with a certain budget. If going to a restaurant entails living an experience with home deliveries, the food turns into a fast service known precisely as food as a service. For starters, ordering food through an app takes a toll on the planet. In fact... The carbon footprint is much larger than we think. Australian scientists have estimated that just the single-use packaging of all deliveries made in that country during 2019 came to a whopping 5,600 tonnes of CO2 per year per type of food. The classic menu of hamburger, fries and soda produces twice as many greenhouse gases as a Chinese menu. Wrapping paper, plastic packaging for the condiments and the straw for the soda are also to blame for such a disaster. I think you can probably begin to see where this is going. However, they are essential. Mm. You cover the part of the restaurant experience with the packaging that boxes in your brand image. You can't compete with crappy packaging, explains Jose Valenzuela, co-founder of Grupo Mox, a last-mile service provider in Eva Ballerin's documentary Food as a Service. Um, anyone who wants to make an impact has to start by investing some dough in a cool design for the boxes. You're dead if they're not in Instagrammable. In the social media image, forget about posting bad mobile photos with three hashtags. And in online marketing, the road traffic situation doesn't look any better. Having hundreds of thousands of motorcycles delivering food every day is already known uh, amongst its detractors as the delivery chaos. It, it's interesting this because I don't think that many people ever have really spoken much about this. What do you think? No, well, no, I haven't actually thought about it so much. But when you do, yeah, when you do think about it, your hamburger uh, comes. Uh, well, now actually, the my favourite hamburger comes in a with a in a paper bag, but traditionally it came in a in a cardboard box, uh, previously wrapped in paper, dropped in a cardboard box, then shoved in a bag, and handed over. Um, so there's an awful lot of um, yeah, I must admit, there's everything in the packaging. That's part of the the sales pitch. If it looks right, you're going to buy it. And obviously, if they're selling the packaged article, um, then, then uh, that, that's, 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 that's their trade, that's their brand. Everyone knows what an RR on the front of a car. 
you know, or, a, or an engine means Rolls Royce, um, and that the flags up quality, irrespective of whatever you're looking at, might be a load of junk, but it automatically flags up the idea that it's quality, uh, and, and I guess that's what uh, that's what companies do. They're, they're trying. It's, it's a corporate image after all. They have to have a corporate image to be able to sell the franchises, and if that corporate image involves an awful lot of packaging. Then yeah, I mean they've done well, haven't they? We've got rid of plastic straws, we've now got paper straws, and I think they're 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 getting the idea. And I think it's a bit of a battle for who who can reduce their 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 waste to a minimum. Um, but more importantly, what do they do with the waste? What do they do with all the food they don't sell? Mm-hmm. Uh, McDonald's or Burger King or any other restaurant for that matter. Obviously, we've got food banks now, uh, and conscientious uh, companies will, will get their food sent to a food bank. Um, for, to be distributed uh, correctly. But, it's, yeah, it's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Mm, I must admit, when I picked it up, I thought, yeah, that's something that really is exactly what this is about, this podcast. You know, let's find some stuff that we don't think mm. about. Uh, I certainly hadn't thought about it. Though, um, the minute that uh, the article developed, I thought, yeah, that does make sense. OK, let's go to the next one. Very important, this one, actually, Terry. It's about depression and an increasingly common disease that doesn't seem willing to offer any respite. The World Health Organization estimates at least 322 million people worldwide suffer from depression. Now, just look at that figure again. 322 million. It's 18% more than a decade ago. Um, I'm Okay, let's... I think that the measurement is probably quite spurious and it can be made a lot more spurious by people who let themselves appear to be depressed when maybe they just need to maybe get a grip on maybe something that isn't quite as serious as they see it. But anyway, also known as major depressive order, clinical depression is characterized by a persistent feeling of sadness, loss of interest, cognitive impairment and sleep and appetite problems. It is a recurring and costly disease that often becomes chronic, causing suffering and disability. So what causes depression? Now, there, of course, lies the rub. Unfortunately, we don't know. Uh, There are numerous uh, uh, studies on its risk factors, the characteristics and circumstances that increase the probability of depression. Some are common sense risk factors, such as dramatic life events, the death of a loved one, or the diagnosis of a serious illness. However, there are many other lesser known but important risk factors. These include socio-demographical factors, genetic and neurological factors, personal factors, adverse experiences, and comorbidity. Um, The sociologists who would probably love this one um they are talking here about the socio-demographic factors twice as many women uh, are depressed perhaps the most consistent and well-known socio-demographic risk factor for depression is gender regardless of country or culture post-pubescent women are twice as likely to experience depression as men However, researchers have identified other socio-demographic risk factors such as age, marital status, educational level and race. A depression uh, occurs more frequently among white people, young adults, 
uh, which again, you see, th this probably won't be getting much um, headlines because it's uh, um, apparently a white thing now. Um, single adults, separated or divorced couples and individuals with lower educational levels. Depression is also found to be more common among low-income populations, the unemployed and urban residents. Well, I should imagine that's got to be quickly identified as having a few bob in your pocket. But um, what do you think of what uh, that article said so far? It's very important, Vince. Um, my son's just come out. He, I haven't seen him for three years. He, he lives in New York. Um, and we've had, I've had some really good conversations from him because he, he suffers uh, uh, with, with the form of mental illness. And, and, and he was just saying, uh, it really is, uh, there are so many of us, shall we say, who, who are living with mental disorders at the moment. Because um, uh, I, I was making the comment when I was a kid, we never noticed it. But it, uh, the point he's making, it's always been there. Um, it's always been there, and it's not something you can always notice. Uh, and it's very difficult to, to try and dig yourself out of it. When you said about women um, with, with depression uh, being, being a bigger percentage, it's the other thing you've got to look at is that uh, suicide, men, there's far greater uh, percentage of, uh, of men commit suicide through mental depression than, than women, probably because they're, they're better at doing it and they put the mind to it rather than a call for a call for, for help. Uh, they, they, they just want to get it over with and done. Well, the two biggest, uh, the, but, the two biggest yeah, group, groups um, that I can remember when I had to do some work in this area um, and one was the sheep farmer or, you know, uh, farmers that spend a lot of time on the hillsides. Yeah. And the other one is yeah. doctors. Now, you know, mm. I, I would imagine if you've got people coming to you all day and every day with their problems, yeah. very often you No can't... one's coming with good news, are they? No, no. And, and also... And also and you can't, well. yeah, well, uh, well, dentists less. I mean, these were the two biggest uh, groups that, that mm. I picked up. Um, and then they were trying to relate that to actually uh, looking at whether there was anything in the sheep dip they used. I don't think they went too far with that one. I think it was the loneliness <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah, alone with your thoughts. Is all, I mean, I hate to be alone, Vince, I promise you. My, my missus loves it. Absolutely. She loves being on her own. I hate it. I hate being on my own. I'd much rather be in company. And be on my own. I don't really want to be on with my own thoughts. To be honest with you, maybe that's my protection. Yeah, but, I, um, I don't mind. I don't mind periods of being on my own when basically I've got things to do. So you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but, no, you, but to you, live a live a, a soul uh, life, uh, um, you know, twenty four seven on your own, which happens to most of us because at some point in your life, you're the one part of a of of of, 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 a, of a couple is going to pass away. Yeah. and leave the other one on their own. Um, and all of a sudden, that one is, is thrown into a situation they're not used to. They've always used to having company, and now they haven't. And that's, that must be a hell of a shock. And, of course, presumably it happens when you're much older. So I think that must be a hell of a shock to most people, and not everybody can ride that one out. But mental illness is, is an enormous, enormous uh, problem. But it's just it's one of those, you know, you can see a bloke with a broken leg, <clears throat> You can see a transvestite walking down the road. You can see somebody who's got high fever. You, you can see all manner of, of there's all manner of labels that we automatically pick up as that person's got a problem. But you don't know with mental illness. You really, really don't know. And it's um, my son was telling 
it's awful what he, he has to go through at times. It really is. It's, it's frightening, to be honest with you. Well, I know. Um, I, and getting I, help, so they did well, because he's in the States, so getting help is virtually impossible. Well, I know that when, when I was working at the college, one of the things that uh, came up time and time again uh, was the fact that men, in a general sense, can't really go to the doctor and look for help because uh, in many, many mm. situations in their job, that is seen as a weakness. And yeah. uh, th they would find very quickly that there's a possibility of losing a job if they were to tell people yeah. that they've got that sort of a problem, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, mm. it is a very... Well, my, son, my son, he was lucky. He, 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 got, he was working with this one company and he was very honest with them. And they were tremendous, Vince. They were really, really, really... Talk about bending over backwards to help him. Uh, they were really, really very good with him because they recognised he was such a... He was a very good worker for them. Um, but they really, really helped him out as much as they could. But in the end, sadly, my son said he had to pack in the job because he just, he just couldn't handle it anymore. It's a shame because the company were absolutely superb. They were brilliant. But then it's a, you know, but once you get out of work, how do you get back into work? You know, it, it's it's awful. Uh, it, it's I say it's, you know, a lad who worked for me with one arm, he can you can see his ability. He's born with it. It's not really a a disability to him, of course it is, but he's born with it. He doesn't know any different. But you're not oh, you're not born with a mental illness, I presume. Um, but when it actually starts, who knows? But so actually, it, it comes on. Imagine slowly, you end up you realise you're living with mental illness. Well, I, I suppose the big plus side is to accept that you've got a mental illness, and you can start trying to get your head around it. I certainly think with a lot of uh, men and people I've known personally. Once they stop uh, having a full-time job and sometimes, uh, you know, they're, they're coming down rather than sort of staying in a status. I mean, you know, obviously mm. uh, that then becomes a really big problem because they don't know how to uh, socialize as much as they used to because by virtue of the status they held, very often that took away the ability to have true friendships with people. I mean, you, you know yourself, if, if you're the boss, it's very, very difficult to go out and be one of the lads. And certainly mm. it's not always the right thing to do anyway. Um, although if you go to some of the research that uh, is around this area, it's the worst thing you can do is to stay away, keeping that professional dis distance, especially if you've got nothing else in your life that replaces it when you get home and get back to your family, you know. It's awful, Vince. It's something that unless you've experienced it yourself, uh, you don't know. And, uh, uh, and I haven't really, because I had a little touch of something a few years back where I suddenly realised I was I was in a situation that it wasn't right. It only lasted literally a couple of weeks. But uh, Sam, my son's been having to live with this for the last, I don't know, 20 years or more, 25 years maybe. Um, and it's really, really tough for him. It really is tough. On the outside, you wouldn't know any difference. You really wouldn't know any difference. But it's a really tough situation for him. And I don't know, other than, other than chemical help, um, you know, I wish the world would actually spend a bit more time thinking about how to help these people. Yeah. OK, uh, we have another one coming. Stand by. The number you have reached has been disconnected. 
So they're talking next in one of the Spanish uh, papers here about the first homosexual kiss in a Disney movie and has been more than expected. Most of us wanted to see it in Frozen. Um, I'm not too sure whether or not uh, that's correct, saying that most of us do. <laughs> Certainly the, <laughs> the, the writer's <laughs> declared problem, he's, yeah. he's nailed his colours to the mask fairly quickly, or uh, whoever. Uh, some interpret the Ice Princess's song Let It Go as a reference to being gay. Lots of people awaited it in Luca, where the love between the protagonist Luca and Alberto was at times more obvious than that of the cowboys in Brokeback Mountain. We longed for a legendary, evanescent kiss, the fruit of a rebellious and passionate love. If it was going to be a vindictive kiss full of fireworks, it would be one of those kisses that precede the mythical the end when the screen fades to black behind the lovers mouths it was a kiss that was going to take everything over above all it was going to be the great kiss of the 21st century undoubtedly the uh, century of homosexual visibility and the century of gender revolution the moment when women fall in love and kiss for the first time and do all of it on the big screen well not all of it the first lesbian kiss in Disney history appears in the recently released Light Year and it has sadly led and I'm just scrolling down here to censorship of the film in 14 countries in the Middle East and Asia the kiss takes place in 1995 that is 27 years ago the first homosexual kiss of the Disney Pixar factory recognises that it's years late it is a 90s kiss it comes not from the 21st century but the 20th how? The film starts with the following premise. In 1995, Andy, the protagonist of Toy Story, went to the cinema to see Lightyear. This is the movie he saw then. Lightyear, therefore, is not the end of the saga, but it's prequel. In addition, the controversial kiss doesn't happen between a protagonist and her girlfriend, but between two mature women who have been married for years. We're not facing a rebellious kiss, much less a political or ideological one. This kiss is not intended to be a novelty or to make anything visible. It is an absolutely conventional gesture. Thank you, Disney Pixar, for going beyond my wildest dreams when it comes uh, to normalising visibility. Um, to remove the scene, <laughs> thank you for listening to your workers and refusing to remove the scene. In the long run, it will be more profitable to sacrifice box office earnings than dignity. In addition to being between two women, the kiss happens between two mothers on the day they celebrate their son's birthday. It is not the classic Disney kiss, a culmination of the romantic love between the leading couple, but a stolen moment of quotidian happiness, and it's a fleeting kiss insignificant in the history of lovers. It lasts just seconds. It is not charged with any special meaning in the love story. It speaks of a way of building affections and meaning different from that imposed by the traditional heterosexual canon. Seemingly unimportant gestures are of our everything. It re represents a kind of love where kisses do not re represent a turning point in the lovers' lives, but rather a small anchor point in their history. Um, it sort of drags on a bit more about that. Um, okay, it's a um, it's a cartoon. And for many years, I've had friends who've told me the dangers of cartoons when it comes to violence. Obviously, this person sees no violence, doesn't see any threats or anything like that in this particular uh, epic event. Um, Terry, is it a fuss about nothing? 
No, I, I, I when I was 16, 17, I'd be with a bunch of mates and girls, and I'd be, I'd be tongue, I'd be tongue down a girl's throat or something, and we might be doing the same. No, they would be snogging in, in, in public. That's when you're 16 and 17. I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect to meet you and your wife in the street and have a chat with you, and all of a sudden you get a grip of her and you put your tongue down your wife's throat. It doesn't happen, does it, Vince? It doesn't have to no. happen. So therefore, it doesn't have to happen between any sex uh, 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 as part of a film. Yeah. Depends on the context. Obviously, you've got something like love story, and a man, man meets woman, boy meets girl, and they fall in love. There's going to be a kiss. But then in the old days, you used to have the, the curtains would rustle you know, when you get to the end of it. But you don't see... You don't see uh, if they want to be in true reality, then let's have people having a dump on the toilet. Let's just bring the whole lot home, shall we? Let's be completely open and above everything. There are certain things that aren't necessarily to shove in the film. There's certainly a cartoon when you've got kiddies involved. I don't think it's necessary. I mean, you don't have the cartoon characters having the dump. So why have you got to... What sort of kick are they trying to get off this? Obviously, the fact that you've brought this up, Vince, gives it gives it the propaganda that it, it wants and the space that they, they crave on the media. That's why I think why a lot of them do this, is to get uh, get you and I talking about it and give it, giving it a bit of airtime. Well, the way that it was written, Terry, it was so sort of one-sided that it's almost like all this woke stuff that we're going through doesn't have any other side. If you don't agree with them, they just steamroll through. And the fact that uh, exactly what you've just said, uh, I feel exactly the same. I feel it's an infringement. It's not necessary. Exactly. Okay, well, look, uh, I've got other things as well to talk to uh, you before we finish. So let's see if we can get another couple of uh, interesting points through. And uh, let's go for this one coming up next. I mean, virtually everything you see in the UK and all the nonsense seems to come over here a couple of years later. And new offices, schools, hospitals and shops must have separate single-sex toilets. We saw this one coming a couple of years back and the governments will confirm this week after a minister warned children avoid using gender-neutral lavatories at school. The Equalities Minister, Kemi Badenoch, is leading proposals to prevent non-residential buildings from being built, uh, built with universal toilets as part of efforts to halt the forced sharing of spaces. The plans understood to have quietly been approved last month will include changes to building and planning regulations, which, of course, is uh, very much in your area, and um, will include these um, to enshrine separate stalls in new buildings and demand partitions to be installed in current unisex facilities. I'm just going to scroll down a little bit on this one. Um, the... Where are we next? Um, right. Uh, the Telegraph reports it comes after Ms. Badinock warned last week that pupils are avoiding... <laughs> yes, uh, Badinock, yeah. Um, a warning that pupils are avoiding going to the toilet during school hours because they only have access to gender-neutral lavatories. She says it is legal and important to provide single-sex spaces for males and females after claims last year that women were finding it hard to find single-sex facilities. 
that plans are understood as likely to be tabled as a common-sense way of putting a halt to an, an increasing norm of gender-neutral toilets being constructed as the default option in new buildings. In April, uh, parents were furious after a £7 million children's play area in Brentwood, uh, that's Essex, was fitted with gender-neutral toilets. And last week, new guidance told civil servants that they should uh, let people who identify as transgender to use whichever single-sex toilet they want. The National Trust was also accused of pursuing a woke agenda after introducing gender-neutral toilets at Tridlegal House in Newport, South Wales, when a woman walked in to find a man urinating without the door locked. It comes after former Community Secretary Robert Jenrick sets out plans to rewrite planning regulations in favour of single-sex facilities last year. Um, a remark or a comment from the paper, um, my friend's daughter developed severe constipation as she refused to go to the shared toilets in her academy. Uh, apparently it's like a meat market. Boys line the walls and comment on the girls coming in. When she's on her period, she refuses to go to school altogether. I, I can understand that. I, I mean... I can. I, I can. I agree entirely. Um, by all means, have a gender-neutral toilet if you so wish, as well as the male and female sort. Um, but it's a weird situation. Again, we're using the idea that you came round to our house tonight, uh, and I haven't got a separate toilet for guests. I haven't got a separate toilet for male or female. I have, there's a toilet, uh, and that's it. You, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You wouldn't think, "Oh, well, I can't use that." Where's the male toilet, Terry? Well, I haven't got convinced. We just use just that one. Oh, well, I can't. Okay. That doesn't happen, does it? Never We happens. accept it. Right. We accept it. But when we go into a public place where there's a lot of people about, and when you go into the bathroom, you're not on your own because there's a number of stalls or urinals at both, then that's a different animal. And I can, I can go along with that, that we should keep male and female toilets. Now, as regards having a separate one, fair enough, you've got the room, have a separate one that anybody can use. Why? For the simple reason, wherever you go uh, and you want to go to the toilet and it's busy, in the men's one, you basically get in and you're sorted and out again. The women invariably have got a queue, haven't they? And a number of women have, have, have dipped into the gents' toilet because they just can't wait anymore and have to go and use a cubicle. I haven't got a problem with that. But it's, it, it's, I can see a point where a gender-neutral toilet could come in handy. Can you see that one? If you've got a queue of women, um, and the last time I saw this was in the was in New York, funny enough, we were in this fabulous place, a uh, really busy place, and the and the women you you would be queuing for five minutes as a woman, you'd be queuing for forty five minutes to get to the toilet. Uh, I had to queue about two or three minutes, four minutes maybe. I was in and out, and the number of women at that point were jumping out the queue and just nipping into the gents, and I can't blame them. I really can't blame them. I can't help thinking if the NYPD were there, they might have nicked her. But if I'd conversely, if I'd have run into the ladies' toilet, I'd have been done for attempted rape or something or, or whatever. So it's it's a weird one. Yeah, when you've got a, uh, when you've got big numbers, men and ladies have separate toilet facilities. It, it makes sense to me. And you and want me. a separate one for for all genders? Fine, have one as a separate one, but as a separate one, not mm. that we all have to use the same one. Yeah. OK, I think I've got one last one for you, which uh, should lighten the load as the UK scout leaders have issued a new woke guide. 
a walk style oh. guide, uh, banning children from using the terms falling on deaf ears, man-made, dinner ladies. Children will also be prohibited from using maiden name and Christian name in a move to avoid causing offence to people of all genders, religions, races and to those who live with a disability. Instead, scouts are told to use first name or given name. Instead, while previous name is preferred to maiden name, as it's an outdated term. Also included is school meal supervisors or school dinner assistants instead of dinner ladies. The document adds the scouts made up of children aged between 10 and 14 will now play broken telephone instead of Chinese whispers. Uh, mind you, <laughs> well, mind you, for me, you see, the whole thing is about Chinese. So, you know, um, and children are not and they're not uh, to use down under to refer to Australia or New Zealand. It comes as the scouts association is already facing a backlash after introducing a trans fun badge for members as young as four years of age. Um, yeah. I mean, who the hell do these people think they are? Because quite frankly, uh, when kids go along to the scouts, the guides, the beavers, the cubs, the brownies, anything like that, um, these people are supposed to look after our children. They're supposed to take the part of our uh, parents and um, apply the same diligence as they would with their own children. Uh, again, this is this is nonsensical. And funny enough, the one of the patrons of the uh, the guides and the scouts is Kate Middleton. So I mean, you know, they've done well there. They've quickly got the seal of approval in before they bring mm. the rubbish to the table. Okay, I've made my point clear. Uh, my view's clear. What do you think? Well, here we are in Spain. Uh, that wouldn't happen in Spain. When you fill out any form, uh, the first thing it says to you is nombre, which means name. Name, name means your name, means what we would call Christian name. And the next column says apellidos, which means surname. Now, there would never be a separate... So you've got name and surname. That's pretty self-explanatory. There would never be a separate column for name before... What's they call it? Name, you know, we say name when you, before you were married. Oh, the maiden name. Uh, right, yeah, maiden name. That doesn't exist in Spain. Because if, if, uh, if, if uh, a girl is called... Maria Perez Sanchez, she's Maria Perez Sanchez for the rest of her life. And when she gets married, she's still Maria Perez Sanchez. So there is no maiden name. And her children take part of her surname and part of the father's surname. So they end up with a different surname. So in Spain, your children have a different surname than the parents. Sounds a bit complicated, but it works very easily. Everyone knows that the first part of your surname is your, it's, it's, it's your father's uh, name and the, the first part of the father's name. And the second part of your surname is the second part of your mother's name. Everyone knows that. Now, there is no complication over here for that, is there? Now, regarding saying man-made, dinner ladies, etc., etc., uh, this has to stop, mate. This, is, this has gone too far now. I'm glad you didn't mention Woggle. I'd have had a wiggle, wiggle Woggle if you hadn't mentioned the band in the word Woggle. But this is, this is, listen, what are we teaching our kids? Well, look, we're teaching our kids that we live in an absolutely stupid, crazy world. And to be honest with you, I think you're right. I think it's exactly the same. And, um, you know, don't be too surprised when Manchester United and Manchester City have to change their names because... Um, oh, yes, 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 of course, yes. Yeah. Then there's First al- person United. Yeah, and then there's always... <laughs> 
Blackpool. Person Chester. So, you know, we'll wait and see Blackpool, what happens. Yeah, you can't have Blackpool now. Terry, that's it. Another week has gone by. Um, we've got yes. all the cabinet walking out in um, Britain and Boris <laughs> resigning. Goodness knows what. I don't we'll... know how they're going to work that one out. What? We haven't got, you have, the 60 ministers have resigned. Who's running the ship? What, we, what, <laughs> will, we, what will we be talking about this time next week? All I'll right, Terry. That. Thanks very much indeed for your time. Cheers, Vince. Great talking to you. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. Bye.